If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Erica Steele. I was so lucky because I got to meet Dr. Erica. Do you like to be called Dr. Erica? I actually prefer Dr. Steele. <laughs> Dr. Steele. Okay. I met Dr. Steele in Clubhouse, and I was so impressed with her knowledge and her passion for holistic health. And then I know I was supposed to interview her and reconnect because we were brought together again by the National Publicity Summit. And I was like, I know you. And I was so excited. So let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Steele. Wasn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, I, the irony behind it. I was like, oh, my, yeah, my, my moonlighting clubhouse days. <laughs> but you're not doing it anymore, huh? You don't I have don't time. Do I don't do it as much. I mean, I didn't really have time then, but I felt so moved by it. And then, and then it kind of fell flat for me. Just the culture on there is a little interesting. It just, just didn't feel like it's in alignment with, with who I am and, and, and what my mission is, which is to educate people. So. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I know what you mean. Well, things change. And, um, I, I was really excited about it and I'm still on it, but I'm not on it as much. So let me talk to you, talk to our audience a little bit about Dr. Steele. She is the child of two Marines now practicing in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Dr. Steele is the founder of Holistic Family Practice, where she specializes in natural health, healing, disease prevention, and holistic health care. As a highly educated, multi-degreed, and extensively trained board-certified naturopathic doctor, a doctor of natural medicine, a certified functional medicine practitioner, and a certified homeo homeoprophylaxis practitioner, oh, there I said it, yeah, yeah. Dr. Steele uses multifaceted and synergistic approaches to physical, environmental, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Her work often supplements or co-manages that of her patients' GPs, so their general physicians, surgeons, nutritionists, therapists, and other healthcare providers. That's great. So you work together as a team. Since 2001, she has helped transform the lives of over 30,000 people. That is incredible. Yay. That someone counted that for you. I'm sure. Oh, we have lots of data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having been immersed in her own family's world of science, health, and holistic healing since early childhood, Dr. Steele prides herself on practicing safe, effective methodology within the realms of proven science. That is incredible. Welcome, Dr. Steele. I feel like clapping for myself for some reason. <laughs> Yay. Yay. You should clap for yourself. That's amazing. Okay. So... So what is your mission? Like, why did you get into this? What is your why? So gosh, it's like so multifaceted and I think it expands over time. But I think at the core is really to teach people how to heal themselves, right? Because so often we become unwell for whatever reason, whether it's mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever, right? Ancestral. And we get unwell and then we go to a provider, whatever the provider is, and then we give our power away to that provider, thinking that they're going to fix it and fix us because we're broken 
and 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 then we get frustrated and we feel abandoned and you know when they're not able to live up to this unrealistic expectation of us and so i i saw this cycle right of just people not really knowing who they are and not really knowing their own ability to heal themselves and so i really want to and i'm always doing this is educating people um, and motivating them and empowering them to understand their bodies more understand their minds more their spirit more their emotions more um, and all of these implications so that they can do some, do things practically to help reverse or even prevent disease. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. I know I, I was just talking about that on Instagram today because I cut my finger last week and I, and I said, isn't it amazing? The incredible power that we all have to heal ourselves. And here is evidence, you know, that I had this cut and now it's healed. And, um, and I also had a bigger story of cancer. I was diagnosed in February, 2020, and it's very, um, like humbling, you know, when you're diagnosed with a disease and, um, yeah, and that happened to me, but I actually did step into my power. So that's good. I, I did reject traditional medicine and I would have gone to someone like you, <laughs> <laughs> but I did see like an East West, um, functional medicine doctor and, and, but yeah, they had, yeah, you're yeah. Fu functional medicine doctor. Okay. Wonderful. But they had recommended, uh, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. They had recommended a, a total, um, radical hysterectomy and it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was the solution. And I looked it up and everything was like, oh, that's the standard practice of care. And then they're like, okay. And then after that, you know, we're going to take out your lymph nodes and all this other stuff. And, and they had tested them and there was no cancer in the lymph nodes mm -hmm. and it had not spread but they're like, oh, it's just a precautionary measure. And I'm like, well, don't I need my lymph nodes? I mean, <laughs> I was You're like, like Wait a second. This, this just doesn't sound right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I had seen traditional medicine and this is going to be controversial. Um, really, I don't know. I guess I could say kill my father, the chemotherapy of his cancer. That's yeah. what he died of, not the cancer itself. And, and that, that kind of like stuck with me. And I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. hell no. I'm not going this way. So I think I had a little bit of a like, okay, are you going to go down the same route as your father? Yeah. And, and that's common. I think we see different, you know, situations with our family, our parents, loved ones, friends, and we go, wait a second, I want to learn from that experience. So not only I'm a naturopath, I'm a functional doctor, I'm an integrative doctor, a homeopath, all these things, right? And so one of the things that I love about what I do is it's not us against them. Like it's not alternative medicine. It's not me choosing one or the other, right? It's me looking at the case as a unique person. You are a human being sitting in front of me, not just a disease process. Um, and that's sometimes what is seen in allopathic medicine. You're no longer the human that you are. You are just the disease process. And now you're, you're pretty much bucketed into a lot of statistical data around that disease process, right? So we recognize, yes, there is a disease, but that disease is attached to a human and that human being has manifested this disease process for whatever yeah. reason, right? Yeah. So they don't think about like the underlying, like, okay, why is this disease? Just like, just get yeah. rid of it, right? Just get yeah. rid of it. And, that, and that's not their job, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's important to understand like allopathic medicine does get a bad rap in the sense that everybody wants them to be something they're not, right? And so- Oh, that was me. For sure. Yeah, yes. For sure. And, and, and it's like it's it's like dating somebody and wanting them to be a certain way when they're not. It's like, do we accept them? Oh, you're so nice. Yes. <laughs> well, it's because I do. I love medical doctors. And my my mother actually, you know, she did, went more of the traditional route. She did cancer research for NIH, and mm -hmm. and I grew up running around labs, so I understand the allopathic model and the approach. Even though I philosophically chose 
to be a naturopath because I believe in nature cure, but that doesn't mean that there's not a place, right? Mm -hmm. There's always a place for something. Like we're humans, we're very multifaceted, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I work integratively with a medical doctor, right, I understand what their perspective is. They're the watchdogs, they're the firefighters, Mm -hmm. they're there to go run in. But I also kind of put pause with them and and really slow the brakes because I go, wait a second, we can't just be so focused on this disease process that we forget it's attached to a patient. We Mm -hmm. need to communicate with them properly. We need to be empathetic. We need to work with them on their nutrition because if they don't have proper nutrition, I don't care what the treatment is, they're not gonna be able to withstand it. And that's part of the issue too, is is they're very like tunnel vision on things and that's just their training. Whereas mm-hmm. we, again, I'm, I'm a holistic doctor, so I'm gonna look at all aspects. Like when I'm working with people with cancer, it's like, what emotions are you not dealing with? What have you worked on stuffing down for years and years and years? When we're dealing with like female reproductive, right? So your feelings about being a woman, your right to have, because that's all second chakra stuff. You know, so it's very multifaceted in terms of how we approach it. And so I believe that everybody deserves a seat at the table. Even even if, you know, people are looking at me, like how did she get to the table? You know, I do believe that everybody deserves a place and so mm-hmm. um yeah so that's that's my kind of thought process on the whole allopathic medical approach yeah so you have a, i see you have a deep respect and understanding and and i get that too um my cousin is an incredible doctor and, and she taught at medical school and she's one of the top doctors in colorado and um i have a lot of respect for her and the way she is her bedside manner and just how she cares, you know, how she really connects with her patients. You know, um, it's just, you know, I think there are different ways that we can heal. And I like that you take a multifaceted approach and do doctors reach out to you for help as like, okay, they refer you, um, to their patients. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, right? So number one, I treat people, a lot of people in the mental health profession. I treat a lot of nurses. I treat oh, a lot of interesting in the yeah, mental health. Of, yeah. Oh, I treat a lot of people in the mental health profession, like counselors and LCSWs and, mm-hmm. um, PhDs. Like I treat a lot of people in that. Cause I, my, my practice has a lot of mind body medicine in it. Oh, got it. So not so, their clients. You're talking about the actual practitioner. Again, multifaceted. Yes, I treat the, the the practitioner, and then they also refer their patients to. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes. So I get both. I get okay. I get I get the the providers right, and I'm kind of like best kept secret. But then uh-huh. I also get a lot of of, of providers that refer. And and this is really funny. Like, like, you know, like I'll give you one, one case that I had. So uh, I had a case that presented young, young girl. She, she's like in her twenties and she presented with like rheumatoid arthritis was the diagnosis. And we did a whole bunch of tests because my, my practice is based on testing and, and data. So I take over 350 data points on each individual patient. So I ran all the labs. We, we were able to determine there was a lot of issues around food. There was a lot of toxicity issues. There was a lot of stress management issues. So we worked the case and she went back to her rheumatologist and she's like, oh my God, I'm feeling so much better, right? And so the rheumatologist looked at the data and was like, wow, you know, it's good. And so when the rheumatologist was working with another case, right, she's like, you know what? I'm stuck on this case. Let me go and call this other patient. I don't know who she was working with, but let me go call this. I mean, it was funny because she like broke neck to try to reach out to this patient and then referred the patient to me to be able to work. So it, it it's because of the results, right? Like the medical community would not respect me if I didn't get results. And so, mm-hmm. you know, anybody that's in the natural healthcare world, like that's, that's the big barrier to entry. It's not that allopathic doctors don't respect us. It's that if you don't work in a certain context of evidence-based, you know, uh, healthcare practices, like how do you expect them to respect us as professionals if we're not really treating our patients as professionals? So mm-hmm. that's my kind of two cents. I, I also, you know, I'm a teacher and I love to teach people what I do. So mm-hmm. um, just for those people that want to learn to be a holistic doctor. 
Yeah. Yeah. And maybe use that as a way to supplement what they're already doing. But a lot of the doctors, they, they maybe don't have time to get that education and, and insurance might not pay for it. So there's certain barriers I feel as well. They almost have to leave their profession, I would think. Um, not necessarily. No? So no? I think there's, I think in terms of an allopath converting over, I think a lot of them are getting burnt out with managed care system, which is our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. I think it's unrealistic. You know, it puts a lot of good doctors in a lot of really stressful situations yeah. where they're having to see so many patients in a short, short period of time. And that's why I just don't deal with it either because it's not really conducive for healthcare. It's really mm-hmm. good for sick care, get them in, get them out but it's not good for anything else like chronic disease or, or really educating people. Okay, I have a public health degree as well. So it's like my goal really is to educate people about their health and how their health works. And you can't do that in a 15 minute, you know, yeah. meeting use appointment. You can't, you just can't. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. It's true. It, yeah. They just don't have time. So I was just I'm wondering, talking about that client that you help with, with the rheumatoid arthritis, have you ever heard of, now I know since you're spiritual that you might have psychoneuroimmunology? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm trained in that. Oh, that's amazing. Emotional manifestations of disease. Yeah. And I actually, so I've done a lot of work in that space. So that's, so just for your listeners to understand what that is, it's how the mind uh, creates emotional response. And so you're dealing a lot with trauma. You're dealing a lot with compartmentalization. You're dealing a lot with the mental state, limiting beliefs, subconscious mind, conscious mind, and also the emotional components because we suppress our emotions in our body. And then eventually it creates disease, especially those people that have, that deal with trauma. I'm actually about to start my last and final degree, which is a PhD in applied psychophysiology. And I start that next month. And so that really gets into the brain mapping and gets into really how to rapid fire and optimize brain function so that we can have more empowered control over our brains, our emotions, and then our actions and behaviors and and really the physiology, which is how the body functions. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So with the rheumatoid arthritis, was there a certain emotion that you were able to identify with your client that, that she was feeling? So rheumatoid arthritis, right, just so we're clear, is an autoimmune condition that attacks the joints, right? Mm -hmm. So any autoimmune condition, right, it's really a very self-critical person, and it it goes to a lack of forgiveness in self, right? Oh, I see. Expectation of self that is totally unrealistic, which is often learned, right? Because Mm. we're taught as a young age, you're either good or you're bad. You're either doing good or you're doing bad. You're either gaining my approval or not. It's very conditional. And so we learn really young that I have to do good. I have to be good. I have to be a good girl. And so we get a lot of shame associated with that. As we grow up, right, we begin to internalize that shame. And then we begin to, you know, literally pick ourselves apart. And then Mm. naturally what happens in action is we don't treat ourselves well, right? Mentally, we we're saying horrible things. Oh, I'm fat. I'm this, I'm that. I'm, um, I'm, you know, some of the horrible, I always tell people, I'm like, would you have a friend that speaks to you? Like you speak to you, like Mm. really, so there's the the mental piece and then there's the emotional piece right of you know constantly being self-critical and having that forgive you know lack of self-forgiveness and so now eventually your body is literally picking itself apart and in this case it's the joints i don't remember specifically what the i think the joints are like flexibility around life and not being flexible and being very rigid um i have a lot of resources to pull that information up just you know because i'm always thinking the other thing that i want to mention is that this is very amazing science. This is taken from the East. We actually look at the human biofield. So we look at the energy of the person to see where they're stuck at now. Oh, oh my gosh. That's amazing. I didn't know it was a whole practice because that's what I do when I do my healings. Yes. So we have a camera, right? That's been studied for a long time, like 40 something years. It's got a lot of data around it. It's more sensitive than a PET scan, more sensitive than CT, MRI, all of those, even, even mammogram. So it's able to see entities in the aura. It's able to see chakras. It's able to see stuck emotions. It's able to see 
Um, yeah, I mean, the Meridian system, right? And then we have another device, this one's out of Germany. And this one, again, the same kind of lot of education, a lot of researchers behind mm -hmm. it it actually can do open loop and closed loop frequencies. So now we can determine, we see where the body is physi physiologically, and now we can run frequencies because everything in life is on frequency, emotion, pathogens, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, you name it, right? Toxins, metals, chemicals, whatever, everything is on frequency. So we're able to address that bioenergetic system right along with the biochemical system, which the biochemical system is the blood, the bioenergetic system is all the energy so we're able to actually treat on both both levels wow i'm kind of blown away by that that really? is incredible and and because it's seeing all these spiritual things is that why the medical community has not embraced it they don't feel like it's uh validated like i've never heard of these testing yeah, it's devices lack, it's a lack of data yeah it's a it's a lack of evidence-based data and scientific studies so so I, again i i grew up running around labs with my mom right uh -huh. my mother got sick with mental illness when i was really young and so then you know she had a, a psychotic break unfortunately and oh. then one of her psychologists encouraged her to start going her, through her native american roots right so then oh. i started going to sweat lodges and vision quests and hands-on healing and reiki attunements and acupuncture so i grew oh. up knowing there's a science you could prove right? Mm -hmm. But then there's a faith-based practice that works, but you can't prove it. And so part of my mission is not only to educate, but also to prove the unprovable. So we, that's why we take so much data on patients because we're really gear, gearing up for a lot more controlled studies to be able to prove energy and biochemistry run together. And also too, just to throw out there, I also train in genetics and methyl genetics. So I can see trauma in the genetics and be able to stack all of these things up to understand even deeper as to why people develop certain things. That's amazing. Yeah. I was listening to this interview and they were talking about arthritis and they brought up, just like you said, shame. So I know you brought up flexibility also, but I think that's really important to realize that shame can cause that inflammation and, and cause that disease within you. And with me, myself, I think I had anger and shame within me from trauma, like from um, past experiences that happened to me. And um, I have, was never really willing to address it. And I really think that that's why the cancer showed up for me. And it was actually amazing, incredible experience to really start to love myself again, you know? Yeah. And so it was such a gift, you know, and I think a lot of people will say that, right. That their oh, disease yeah. is a gift. Oh my gosh. And, and especially with cancer, unlike anything I've seen, like it's such a blessing to the person, right? Because it helps them to transform. Yeah. And then also everybody that is connected to that person also receives the benefit of that healing, right? And not that I want to wish cancer on anybody because you, you don't need that level of suffering. Yeah, yeah. You can so, learn in other ways, but it's just interesting. Yeah. It's just a different perspective. It is. It's, it's a better perspective. I feel like it's a healthier perspective than... I'm wrong, I'm bad, I need to be punished, which has a lot of shame tendencies mm -hmm. to it. But also too, I think it's a better view than I'm a victim and I'm powerless and I'm hopeless over this disease, right? It's important to realize that I manifested and created this disease, the disease didn't create and manifest me. So I'm bigger than this disease process, right? Mm. And I think people forget that because they see it and they see it and it's got such this big archetype to it that they really lose sight of, wait a second, why did I manifest this again? What am I supposed to learn from it? What am I going to do differently? How am I going to transform this? And I think that that's not even just with a disease, but let's say a failed marriage or unhealthy partners or financial issues, because we all have our things, right? It's, you know, maybe somebody's health is not the thing, but like, money like they can't keep a dollar to their name and they're like what's going on so i think it really translates really across the board for people so i know you touched on it a little bit but what is disease to you so disease right is what we so it's a, a 
dis, right? It's not balanced. And then E is I'm, I'm imbalanced, right? I also want to kind of take it out of that word context and let's go into pathology, right? Okay. Fascinating when I learned it. So pathology is the study of disease, right? So ology, you know, study of, but pathos, root word in Latin means suffering, right? Study of suffering. Study Fascinating. Of suffering. So disease is actually suffering, right? Mm-hmm. And so if, if we if we think about that for a minute, okay, if I have a disease, then I'm choosing suffering. I'm choosing to suffer. Why am I choosing to suffer? Right? Because suffering is a choice. And I know that's controversial, more controversial than the allopathic. <laughs> Yeah, people are like, what? This isn't, you know, because we want to defend it. The ego's like, no, she's wrong. She's bad. No, absolutely not. This is your victim. Hold on to this for dear life. Yeah. You know, this is from somebody like, I'm not living in this, like, you know, little, you know, fairy la la land. Yeah, perfect world. Yeah. I'm a daughter of two Marines. I was sexually abused, physically abused, mentally abused. You know, oh, my wow. yes, for the, I was diagnosed PTSD at 14 and left my house at 16, right? Oh my because God. Did my that happen had, from family my, members or? My, just- yeah, my mother had multiple personalities. Um, and so she has 18 uh, different personalities. And so not all of them necessarily appreciated my free-spirited, loving, open-minded, free communicating ways. And so, um, yeah, my mother was was very violent. Um, and we have a great relationship now and we've healed. Wow. But Good yeah, for you. I had a very difficult growing. So it's, so I say that to say, and then in terms of the sexual abuse, I was a babysitter, but you know, I, I want to be clear, like I have walked this path, right? I have, I have done the work, right? And not only when I, I left my house at 16, because I said, you know, I'm either going to kill my mother, right? Which I'm not a homicidal person, but I'm either going to kill my mother or she's going to kill me. And yeah. neither one of these is going to be good. And I know, cause I knew from an early age, I was going to be a doctor. I said, I know I got to be a doctor. So how am I going to do this? So I left at 16 years old with literally just the clothes on my back, no photo ID, no insurance card, no oh. nothing. And right? was your dad traveling? Both my parents traveled. So my, okay. my dad was on one um, yeah. side of the, the world and my mom was on another side of the world. So my parents just, my parents were young. They were in their twenties when yeah. they had me, you know, they, they had trauma from their own background too. Like, you know, and I love my parents, both of my mom, and my dad, we have such a great relationship that's healed, fully healed. Good today, for you. Right. Which that's I incredible. You, that's the work, right? That's the work. So it's like, when I left, it was like, you know, I want to understand how this thing can happen. I want to understand why people suffer. I want to understand the breakdown in the family and understand what happens with all of that. I want to understand trauma. Like, I want to change these things. Right? That's why we do the things that we do. It's not because, oh, you know, I think that this would be fun. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like you know, like, you know, I mean, if, if, if I had my whims, I would have been a musician. But, you know, the thing is, is that I, it's not too late. It's not no, too late. Absolutely not. And I still, I still you play, go. you know, for my chihuahuas. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but this whole doctor thing is kind of busy, but you know, yeah, yeah. I, I just really, you know, I really want people to have hope and understand, you know, no matter what you've experienced, right. You can transform from it. Um, and the reason I chose holistic medicine and I got all this education was because I realized that when you're dealing with complex issues and complex human beings, you have to have a complex understanding. It's not going to be one thing. It's not a, just about taking a supplement or doing some breath work, although those things are beneficial. Like you've got to treat it on a root level. Otherwise, you're going to keep recreating the trauma, which I did over and over and over again until I kind of got hip. I'm, I try to be a quick study, though. So where did you go at 16? So I left and I went to go stay with my boyfriend. I had a first love. I loved, we were together for six years. We were, we were kind of bonded in our own trauma too, because his parents were were addicts, unfortunately. And so we kind of bonded together and we stayed together for a while, for six years. And then I left him and went from 
from a very loving relationship, but still like very trauma bonded sort of codependent. Like yeah. obviously, I mean, we're young. Yeah. Um, went from that to, to my first husband who was an alcoholic. Yay. And so who I love, who I had my, had my daughter with and, you know, we, yeah. we ended up, you know, parting ways, but we're still friends. And so, you know, it was, it was just recreating the trauma, right? Recreating mm. those partners that didn't see my worth, that didn't see who I am, that were threatened by me, all those things. Right. So, so whereas yours was health, mine was relationships, right? Yeah. It was like not knowing my worth and not knowing my own power and not knowing who I am and then giving it away to other people in exchange for love, right? Or what I thought mm -hmm. was love um, yeah, and, yeah. and and feeling the the effects of that. So I've dated probably every narcissist. I thought you might be trying to help them or something, you know? Yeah, of course. That, <laughs> yeah, them. I'm the one that's going to change it. You know? yeah. Oh, believe me, girl. I've been there with, with relationships. Okay. I've been there. And in fact, in one relationship, you know, I was so codependent on him. I couldn't break up with him, even though I knew he was bad for me yes. and he broke up with me. Thank you, universe. Thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, whatever the situation, yeah. whether you decided to leave or another circumstance, it's like God or the universe, whoever it is, has your back. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. We, 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 again, these trauma bonds, right. And I teach people how to not be in trauma bonds now. Uh, cause I'm no longer, I, I broke that. I'm no longer in a trauma bond. I'm, I am actually, I'm in a loving relationship right now, but it's nice and slow and easy and it's perfect and it, it, it works. Right. And so, um, but I also leave myself open to it not working at a certain point, meaning that Beautiful. I take it day by day and I'm not so attached to the outcome where mm -hmm. I used to be so attached to the outcome. I used to be so like, oh my gosh, if this person's not with me for the rest of my life, then that means that there's something wrong with me. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times we're taught that in society oh. as well. If you're not in a relationship, there's something wrong with you. Even you're so beautiful. Like, why aren't you in a relationship? Like that kind of judgment. Yeah. Or if we're a woman, like, don't you feel like something's missing? And then forget being like a <laughs> yeah. career woman, like, oh no. Then it's like, well, you're a little too independent, don't you? Yeah, think? yeah. As soon as I hear the strong independent woman speech, I'm like, oh, oh. oh you're out of there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, like oh, Oh, what would a man have to offer you? Yeah, like, right. You know? and, and that, I'm like, you know, if all you can bring to the table is sex or a bank account, like that's not going to do much for me. Like we're in 20, we're in 2022. Like I can get both of those myself. Like I, like I need more, like what emotional support yeah, can you provide? Exactly. What can you provide? How like, are you going to lift me up? How are you going to lift yes. us up together so that yes. we can grow together? That's, that's provide beautiful. value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to the healing. Um, so when people work with you, can you work with anyone around the world, like remotely? Yeah. I work with people all over the world. That's amazing. We, we can send labs to any country. We can send um, remedies to any country. And then we do everything through, through Zoom. Um, oh, even like, perfect. Even biofrequency. So like the pictures and even the machine I was telling you about, that can be all done remote as well. So um, yeah, I mean, we, because I, when COVID happened, I was like, working a hundred hours a week, um, because they were kicking people out of the ERs and telling them just to go home and quarantine. Oh my God. So I really started educating people then and, and started yeah. working with a lot of people and helping support their immune systems and all the things. And so I was like, you know what, I'm working a hundred hours a week. Cause that was the world in COVID and you couldn't really go anywhere. Cause it was like homework, homework. You didn't really know. We didn't yeah. know all this, you know, now. And so I started traveling the world. Like I said, you know what? I am going, like, I only live once, right? And I need to get out of this little box. And so I started traveling. So I started putting, I had already kind of started putting those structures in place, but people weren't really having the whole 
telehealth thing. Like they, they do it a little bit. They'd be like, oh, we'll just wait till you get back or whatever. But then COVID really helped because then people were like, oh, okay. Like they accepted it. So yeah. I actually travel myself and, and I use um, a full remote team. I do have a couple of people that work for me physically in, in the office, but um, yeah. So I have a very unique practicing style too, so that I'm not like, you know, I, I, I don't down. have to yeah, exactly. I know. That's but, but are you working less? <laughs> are you doing some self-care? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, okay. yeah, COVID was a, di- that was a whole different animal. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I definitely have structured my life really well and I don't overwork anymore because I don't really have anything to prove anymore. Like I think at a certain uh... point in my career, I had a lot to prove to myself. And now it's like, eh, you know, I, I got it. I'm, I'm good. I'm secure. I, I don't need to, you know, uh, trade my achievements or accomplishments. Yeah. Prove something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't have to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. You are enough within. Yes. 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 I um, that's amazing. I love that lifestyle of, you know, being able to travel and work anywhere. And I was just on vacation with my family in Michigan. And I, and I do a combination, you know, I have these interviews, but I also do um, healings. And then I also do consulting with corporations. And, um, and I was doing all that remotely. So COVID for me was a blessing in that sense, because I used to travel for work and leave my family. And now I can go with my family and do it like, remotely from anywhere. And I went to Egypt and I was working there and, but I don't work that much. I mean, it's just like, I choose, you know, my schedule and everything. So it's, it's really, I mean, I like that lifestyle. I like having that freedom to choose. So that's great that you set that up like that. Okay. So, I mean, I definitely feel like, I mean, anyone, if anyone is having any challenging time with a disease or like they've gone to multiple doctors, you just have to reach out to Dr. Steele. And like, if you're listening to this now, like I'm going to cry, like seriously, you, she will heal your life. She will get you on track She will give you the right tests to give you a holistic approach and just do it. You know, don't even hesitate. I mean, do you have like a free 15 minute or something? Yeah, we do a free 15 minute um, consultation. Um, And even just a simple, because it's like dipping your toe in, right? Like there's so much trust involved in that relationship right and so you can google my name you can see all the things you i mean i'm i'm on television quite a bit so i'm educating you can kind of get my vibe consume my content you know on every social platform ever and and really kind of get acquainted right because that's really Mm -hmm. important especially when you're choosing a provider you want somebody that's going to resonate with you because i do educate people I do coach people, but I also hold people accountable. So that's a whole nother thing too. Like you're not, you're not necessarily going to like get away with a whole lot of stuff with me, right? Yeah. It's not going to be easy. You got to work your ass off. Yeah. It's not going to be healing. Yeah. Just going to be like, oh, okay. Just eat whatever you want and like do whatever you want. So you've got to be ready for that. You've got to be committed. Yeah. And, and, and really committed to yourself and be willing, like, you know, what is that when they say like the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, then change will happen. And so I do offer a 15 minute for those people that are ready in the action mode and they want to do something different. Yeah. Um, And that's so important to realize you got to be ready because don't just waste your time and Dr. Steele's time because this is serious. Yeah. And and the thing too, it's like, I won't even let you move forward if I don't believe that you're ready (laughs) for you thing for me. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah, you're good financially. I make a lot of money. Like I don't need, yeah, I don't need, it's not about, it's about doing the work and getting the results. Right. And so even if you'd like dip that toe in that 15 minute and, and we have a conversation and I feel like you're ready or I feel like you're, you're bringing a lot of stuff in from the past, you know, because I, I, unfortunately I get kind of dumped on sometimes just because so many bad experiences. <laughs> I'm sure. Right? 
And it's like, look, like this is a new experience. And you got to protect your field. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause I'm treating so many different people and it's like, you know, so, so really you want to be ready. Right. And, and I get there's apprehension and there may be fear and there may be anxiety and there may be all kinds of emotions that are coming in. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's a choice, right? So what do they talk? It's like, it's, I, I'm like cliche day, I guess. It's like the the journey of a thousand miles or whatever starts with the first step. And that's really mm-hmm. what it is. It's just about taking steps. And I slow people down, right? So m- more normally people come into my office, like they're flying, they're going like 85 miles an hour. They're like, okay, all right, I'm ready. Let me t- tell me all the things to do. I need the to do. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we're going to bring it down. Like I'm, I'm only driving 20 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. My, my That's enough to make stressed. someone stressed out too though, right? <laughs> yeah, oh my God. People freak out. I want to heal. I know. I know. For the first three months, they're like, oh my God. I'm, you know, they're like, people are so conditioned to doing and, and I'm like, no, yeah. we're going to be, we're not going to do, we're going to be. And that's a lot just to contend with, you know, but once people start to get it and their nervous system start to heal and they start to downregulate, now all of a sudden they're like, oh, I understand this rest and digest thing instead of this fight or flight thing. Like you can't heal out of a space of fear. Like so many people do that. They're afraid. And then they, oh my God, I need to go call this doctor, blah, 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 because they're afraid. <laughs> yeah. But if they don't, they're not going to get well. Right. And that's not the thing. The other thing is I'm nobody's guru. Right. So I'm just a vessel. I'm just a conduit. I'm just a teacher, right? Um, the person sitting in front of me is their ultimate healer, right? Them and source, God, creator, whoever you want to call it, right? So I don't even take the glory because that's not mine to take. That's egoic. So I am the only one that's going to be kind of that vessel in between until you're able to do that yourself, right? Because everybody has God's telephone number. Like you all have a cell phone number. You can all text them at any time. And so, but you doubt, we doubt, we fear, we, we question. And so a lot of it's like getting rid of all of the noise and having somebody sit and hold them and validate them and reassure them. Like that's a lot. I probably think that's like 85% of my job, honestly, um, is reassuring. That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they haven't had that yet. Never. We've had some, we had some bad parenting happening, like mm. really bad parenting. Um, and so we have to learn how to reparent ourselves and we have to learn how to soothe ourselves and love ourselves and heal ourselves. And I'm living proof of that, right? It's like, I recognize my parents did the very best they could with what they had at the time, right? And I also recognize the genetic implications and the ancestral traumas that led them into kind of who they were and what they did. And then I get to choose to transform that so that my beautiful daughter, who's now an adult and married and baby on the way, she doesn't have any of that, right? She's free. She's able. That was your job. That was your job to clear that. Exactly. Exactly. To stop it in its tracks so that it doesn't keep moving forward into future generations. So, oh, that's so powerful. And everybody listening, that's for you too. That message is for you too. If you heal yourself now, you stop the future generations. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask a technical question. This is off the subject of what we're talking about. But what do you think about? the testing that allopathic medicine does like MRIs, um, you know, um, blood tests, um, CT scans. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's an effective match for the kind of testing that you do? Oh yeah. We use diagnostics all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's the difference in interpretation, right? Okay. We use so the you same. take that test and you might interpret something else. Yeah, exactly. And we, we run our own tests and things like that, but it's like, we'll take the, the data, but we interpret it from a, what we call a functional perspective, how the organs are functioning. So I'm looking at nutrient deficiencies, accumulated toxins, overall organ health and function and areas of prevention. When we're looking at an MRI or a CT, something like that, we're looking for imagery to be able to measure, let's say a tumor or a mass, or we're able to get more internal insight without having to open up 
a patient. So we use very similar. Of course, I also have my own set of diagnostics and thing, tools that I use as well, but we use very similar. It's just the dis distinction is in the interpretation, how we interpret the data. Oh, I see. Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. That's fascinating. I love that you're looking at the functionality of each organ and, yes. and, uh, that's amazing. Okay. So let's talk about detox for our audience. Um, do you distinguish between, cause I always like to say there's physical detox and then there's spiritual detox. Do you talk about that with your clients? Oh yeah. So, so we always recommend, so a physical detoxification is really the last, right? So, Oh, we have I see. Yes. Cause we have to, we have to be, what are we letting go of? Right. Uh -huh. So we're not just like scrubby bubbles to the liver, right? It's like, we need to know, okay, the liver in Eastern medicine represents bitterness, resentments, angers, frustration, lack of forgiveness of self and others, right? So we want to communicate from that lens. What are you willing to let go of? What communications are left unsaid? And, and as we work through that mental and that emotional process, then organically, it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm at a good place. Now we're going to release this out of the liver, right? Because Oh, I see. Yeah. That gives me such a great understanding of detox. Yeah, okay. Exactly. It's not just about taking pills and potions and all that kind of stuff, which I, I think, unfortunately, detox is very commercialized these days, not understanding yes. that it's a very spiritual practice um, of detoxification. Like you're connecting with yourself you're connecting with source creator, whatever, in a very deep level. And so you do want to do it, at least in my opinion, in the proper order of operations. Wow. That's fascinating. Do you ever, uh, now this is kind of like a spiritual practice, but do you ever have your clients talk to their organs? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> You're like, why wouldn't I? Because I, I do that. Because I do that with my healing clients. I have them yes. talk to their organs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And also go to their organs and ask what you know, what they're holding on to. What oh, it's got it. Yeah. We get also, to the root. Yeah. We also release things out. You know, different emotions, angers, things like that, judgments, whatever, fears, whatever. And then we can also do a little bit of psychic surgery, if you will, as we're looking at those areas and removing, and then we can put in place like a calendula or aloe vera or something, what, or an object. Sometimes I have people put things in different areas of their body to represent a new way of being or a new, uh, you know, aspect of healing. So. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Very cool. I love the way you work. Okay. So tell me what made you want to do naturopathic medicine and functional medicine? Yes. Yeah, so I think, so there's two types of naturopathy. So I don't do naturopathic medicine because they incorporate a lot of synthetics. Oh, I'm a yeah. Oh, so, I see. I see. Yeah, I'm a purist, right? Um, I only, I only, only, only use naturally occurring substances, right? And here's oh. why. So when my mother got sick, right, her bathroom became a Walgreens pharmacy, right? And I just watched how nothing really worked. It just kind of kept her stable, which is what pharmaceuticals are for but it didn't really get to any of the root causes of what was going on, right? And mm. so in the beginning, of course, as a child, you wanna like heal your parents and that's all natural, right? But then I also realized, wait a second, like I see pharmaceuticals as a stabilizer, but I don't see it as a long-term solution, right? And then it has so many different side effects and there's so many different, you know, aspects that that really can hurt people, right? Yeah. And so, I really love being a natural healthcare provider, a nature doctor. I love being able to be a specialist in the area of, of how the body heals itself and then being able to heal completely natural. I love biochemistry. And when I started to learn biochemistry and how the body actually worked on a biochemical level, and you learn biohacking and you learn how to move different biochemical chains in different directions to be able to influence the body's way of healing through the metabolism, then it was kind of like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to, to be, you know, a medical doctor at this point. Um, I see. Not I oppose it, like, you know, do what you do, but, but it just didn't, it didn't resonate for me and it wasn't part of my purpose. I remember I said when I was a little girl, I know it's going to be a doctor. So I actually researched all the different types of doctors and their origins. Okay. 
And so I looked at Andrew Still and he did osteopathy and I looked at, you know, the allopathic uh, world with Rockefeller and I looked at, you know, chiropractor with D.D. Palmer and all this stuff and Benedict Lust with naturopathy. And I really fell in love with the six principles of naturopathy. I fell in love with uh, Dr. Benedict Lust's mission as he came from Germany to bring naturopathy to the States. And it just really resonated with me on a deep level and, and it kept kind of haunting me and kept coming back to me until eventually, you know how it is with, with God and, and his persistence. And so eventually it was just like, okay, enough already. I'll do this. Jeez, leave me alone. You know, so um, that's kind of what I, what why I went into to naturopathy. It chose I me. I got, I, yeah, I like got arm wrestled down. And yeah, I mean, again, I was going to be a musician. So uh, well, I bet. <laughs> Yeah. And I didn't even know that it was two different, um, terminologies, you know, naturopathic medicine. I mean, that's interesting. Our our group broke off into two. Yeah. So, so there's naturopathic medical doctors who are hybrid trained. They're like part allopath, part naturopath. And then there's the, the like last of the Mohicans, me and a whole bunch of others (laughs) where we're like, we're trying to like keep it all natural. Yeah, so I it's a see. long, contentious legislative battle that we do every year. So, oh my yeah, god, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, what is Zen success to you? What is Zen success? I think it's success without borders, success without limits, success with total unapologetic balance. I think that's that's what it is. It's it's being able to live in your truth and live in your purpose and just be. That's what it is. Mm, Yes, I love it. Well, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you and hearing about how you help your clients and as well as your own incredible healing journey. I'll put your website in the show notes. So any last words of inspiration for our audience? I just think everybody has an amazing ability to heal themselves if they give themselves the right environment. And so their job is to really focus on creating that environment that's conducive for healing, both mentally, emotionally, psychosocially, and spiritually. So I'll leave, leave you with that. Oh, that's amazing. Thanks so much, Dr. Steele. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen Success in life.